You're listening to the Cleveland Comedy Network. My name's Steve Guy, the host of Happy Hour with Steve Guy, where I get to sit down and interview people who are from Cleveland originally or doing very cool things in Cleveland. It's all part of the Cleveland Comedy Network, just like the show you're about to listen to. To keep up to date with all the podcasts coming to the network, go to clevelandcomedyfestival.com slash the network. Hey, welcome to 10 Cent Beer Life. Hey, welcome back to Ten Cent Beer Life. As always, I'm your host Kyle, and I'm here with Brian. Uh, what's new, dude? <laughs> I, dude, I've been watching football for a long time. I've been watching. I played for a while, and this game that happened last Sunday is my favorite football game that that I've ever witnessed or been a part of. I I enjoyed that game more than any win where I was actually playing. Like that was the most gratifying football game I've ever experienced in my entire life. That was amazing. What, uh, at what point did you think the game was over? Because I kind of almost feel like we still could blow it. I mean, it was like every fucking moment of that game. I was like, we, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. Oh yeah. I, I like it. It was like when we were up 19 and we hit the two minute warning. Like that's when I was like, now right now i can take a deep breath and think that we actually just beat the fucking pittsburgh steelers in pittsburgh for the first time in what was it 17 or 18 years um unreal Uh, on the road we hadn't had a playoff road win in an eternity i think it was 52 years it was just everything was stacked against us everything and that was such a, a turning point game for this franchise and for what we can can be and do moving forward, uh, that was a, a a gigantic hurdle to get over right there. And we fucking got over it. And we got over it in fucking style. It was amazing. Man, Ben sitting on the bench crying after the game. Is there any anything more heartwarming to you as a Cleveland fan? Is yeah. to watch him possibly play his last game, throwing four picks in a playoff loss to the Browns. Holy shit. Uh, what With a Marquis Pouncey sitting there, them getting all emotional about everything coming to an end. I love it. Yeah, I did, love it. Did Pouncey officially announce that he's retiring yet? I don't think so. No. And I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's what's out there. So, well, they're an entire mess. Like looking into their future, they are just, it is a convoluted mess over there because they are in uh, salary cap. Hell. Ben Roethlisberger is the main cause of it. So I actually hope he doesn't retire. I hope that he he does cash in on that that 20. I think he's owed like $40 million in total next year. I think over 20 Ooh. is dead money. And then another 20 is if he actually plays the season. And it's like 100% up to him on whether or not he wants it. And so if he decides one more year, then... It's going to absolutely fuck them over. They have like 20 guys going to free agency. They're not going to be able to afford any of them. Juju will be gone. Bud Dupree will be gone. I think Micah Fitzpatrick, um, Joe Hayden, like all of their their you know stable staple pieces are probably going to be gone. Uh, that offensive line, that the tenured offensive line, ended up really shit in the bed. It was it was just wonderful, and it looks like they're. I hope that they remain terrible for an eternity. 
Yeah, I uh, I I thought that the offensive line with all the uh, injuries we've had and stuff there. I mean, I don't remember hearing Cam Hayward or TJ Watt at all that game. I mean, they were just like almost non-existent. I mean, Baker was getting the ball. They said that was the thing is get the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, so those guys couldn't be disruptive and uh, they executed perfectly. I, uh, I text, uh, you know, everybody knows a couple Baker haters uh, still. I think, I don't know if they, they exist anymore, but, I've, I I was sending out texts like, are you not entertained is what I was hitting them with. I'm like, can we finally just put this to rest and know that we got a franchise quarterback and a f- franchise coach for that matter, even though he wasn't there. Uh, I got, uh, I have one buddy who still hates him. And like, he also like took this season off. He's, he's, you know, a friend that's been a friend for a long time, but it's kind of gone down some rabbit holes and it is like too politically charged to watch the NFL this year, like the asshole he is. So he like still hates Baker Mayfield, but also didn't watch any of these games. So he can't really actually make a judgment, but he's also willing to express strong opinions on his play that he didn't watch. He just keeps going. Oh, it's the weakest schedule is the weakest schedule. Now. Yeah, we were considered to be one of the weaker schedules, but he just tore apart the number one defense in the NFL. So wait, so wait, this guy is, uh, don't kneel for the flag and Baker sucks. Basically, is that kind of one of easy one of those guys? Nice. Yes, yes. He's one <laughs> of those right now, he's well, like less. He's less that, and I think more just like you know that as a whole. Hearing them talk about social justice bothers him, which you know, it's like uh, I, one of those people you just don't know how to feel. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, we've been friends for a long time, though. Yeah, everybody's got them, but whatever. Who cares? The Browns, Browns are moving on. They won a playoff game. Um, what was your favorite moment from the game? Favorite moment from the game? It's tough. There was a bunch. It, it, <laughs> like those two Kareem Hunt runs were were fucking awesome. Uh, Sayoni Taki Taki's interception at the end was awesome, but like the initial snap over the head. Might I might have to call that my favorite because it was like I you go in and you you I was like I just felt like we were gonna get a fucking two thousand two all over again. I felt like we were gonna you know look good at that first and then they turn it on at the end. Um, but I certainly didn't expect for the first play to be a a defensive touchdown for us. So watching that happen shocked the shit out of me. It I burst from my chair and was standing up yelling like, you know, and then from there to just have that kind of set a tone for the game, I'd, I'd call the very first fucking play, my favorite play. I was in the kitchen surprise at the time. I, I didn't realize they even kicked the game off. I was up and my wife and me were making, you know, dinner or whatever. And I hear like touchdown Browns. And I run in there like, what the fuck happened? Like so quick for me, like you, you touch on it. That cream hunt, that first run, where he just fucking manned it through. Yeah. I, 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 Nick Chubb's the better running back. Like, I'll, yeah, no questions. But man, I almost, I think Kareem Hump's my favorite player on the team. Just watching him run and just keeping the legs, just, they're like fucking pistons, man. He just, all year, he's just, and he almost just like, it's like an attitude. He runs with such a fucking meaning, and it's, it's so fun to watch. Uh, I'm hoping we keep both those guys for a very long time, and that's just, you know, I, I hope they're both a staple. I, you know, it's going to be easy to be like, well, we got to make some cuts. You know, one or the other can go. But man, having them both together and they don't seem to like 
ego out on each other either on carries. Like they're like, why is Chubb not running? I don't think Chubb cares. I think it's more of the media and the fans. You know, yeah. I don't think Chubb's going to be that guy, and I don't think Cream Hunt either is because frankly, he's happy just to be able to have a job. I think that yeah. So we we signed Kareem Hunt already to an extension at the happy to have a job rate. Um, I'm very very curious to see what Nick Nick Chubb and his agent ask because that that is going to end up being a, a tough decision. But um, I love Nick Chubb very much, as you know, and and you know we we had talked um, before about what Stefanski had talked about was. He had mentioned, like, yeah, we kind of held a little bit back in that week 17 matchup against the Steelers. And I think that something that that ended up coming to fruition that I'd kind of been calling for all season, everybody been calling for, was to throw Nick Chubb the ball. And they actually got him the ball a little more in space. Like that screen, fucking that 40-yard screen in the second half was another play. Like it's hard to even pick which one was my favorite because – that was all just a masterful fucking dismantling of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the only thing that, you know, is always a complaint. I fucking hate prevent defense. It's like if, if your defensive scheme is working, why all of a sudden do you switch to this, this other scheme that is called prevent, but like it plays directly into their hands and what they want to do. You know, they, they, Chris Collins had mentioned that the Browns were like, Oh yeah, big Ben's got to beat us short. We were not going to let him beat us deep. He struggles to beat people deep at this point. That's become his glaring weakness is that deep ball is his weakness. And he's just been dinking and ducking and pick, picking people apart within 10 yards like all year. So why would you switch to a defense that allows people to dink and dunk and go 10 yard passes, which is what he did. He dismantled the defense aside from his fuck ups for over 500 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he also threw four picks, but you know, those three of those picks came in the first half when we weren't playing prevent defense. So I, you know, I get the, the, the coach wanting to go uh, more conservative, which I guess prevent defense is after going up by so much, but just keep fucking working at them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just felt like we, it was just, we were playing a game of time at that point. They were like, we don't want to give up the big score. We'll let them drive down the field this way. And then just, Hopefully they don't catch up, and they they came close for all intent and purpose. I mean, not really. Twelve but. had me fucking sweating. I was like, this this is really going to happen to us again. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely real. Where people were texting, and like, I've switched onto the social media, and people were talking shit. And I I think I texted you and said, I'm not talking an ounce of shit until this thing is over, dude. I've been there before. I've learned my lesson. No yes. fucking way. Uh, I was waiting for the bottom to drop out, and uh, thank God it didn't. But I was a nervous wreck up until zeros, really. I mean, I think after the victory formation, I was pretty, you know, obviously. But yeah, um, yeah. As far as favorite plays, that the cream hunt thing, and then there was that that tipped interception too was great. Port Augustine. Yeah, dude. It was just it was all around. It was just such a fun game, and fuck, fuck them. They deserved it. I think America has now embraced the Browns. And I, you know what? A lot of people are like, fuck the bandwagon fans. Come root for us, dude. We can use all the positive fucking energy we can get. Right now, we're going to play the Chiefs with, you know, they cut Kareem Hunt because he, uh, you know, whatever, he had his issues. But, uh, you know, they still keep Tyreek Hill. So they're just, they're scumbags. They just want to win. I'm, 
I think we got a shot. I think we got a shot, man. I, I don't know if I'm that crazy or not, but everybody, you know, the Steelers players talking shit like, oh, you're just going to, what was it? Uh, Chase Claypool, who up until this point, it was one of those guys like, I don't like you, but I respect you. Fuck him. He's saying we're going to get clapped or whatever this week. Yeah. Okay, dude. So what makes me nervous with this game <laughs> as opposed to the Steelers game. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, like there's obviously, a lot. Yes. Obviously that obviously, you know, it is nice to have Denzel Ward back. Very curious to see what he can do against Tyreek Hill. I have no idea who's going to stop Travis Kelsey. And then you're always going to have one third dude, like blow up in a chiefs game, especially when, you know, even though we're getting back Ward and, and Johnson, we're still not a good pass defense. Now, they're not going to get, you know, Patrick Mahomes is not typically getting the ball out of his hands faster. So maybe Miles can do a little more damage. Like Miles was visibly double and triple team. Like stopping him was obviously like no matter what a, a huge priority. Uh, and it's always going to be a priority with a guy like Miles. But versus the Steelers, it was like clearly two, three guys. And they'd like, you know, the Browns were, were rushing heavy from one side and just letting Miles take the other side because yeah, how they were blocking it. Wild. Um, but versus versus the uh, versus the Chiefs, I mean, maybe with the fact that Miles needs to be slowed down, maybe Kelsey will be kept in to chip a little bit longer and sort of limit the routes he's running. Although I doubt it. Uh, with the Steelers, though, their the offense was not their strength in any way. It was not thought of to be a strength, really, for that team. Their their strength was obviously their defense, their pass rush, and their ability to just smother teams. And that ran into our biggest strength, which is our offensive line. Now, with the Chiefs, their biggest strength is going to run into our biggest weakness with their pass game and our pass defense. However, our biggest strength is going to run into their biggest weaknesses as well. So who knows? Because they're a terrible run defense. We're a great run team with a good old line. Up front, they're nothing special. You know, yeah, they're they're pretty damn good at, at creating turnovers. Have been all year. I want to say they're like fifth. But, you know, we could run clock. We're, we're hopefully going to have a, an extra incentivized Kareem Hunt going up against his old team. Um you know, this is going to be two great coaches. Uh, I'm very curious to see where this game goes, but I don't have a great feeling about us winning, but I'm okay with that. Like as long as it's not like a, you know, we don't end on a Baker Mayfield meltdown. If we lose because of what our glaring weakness is, and we end in like a shootout, you know, go Browns. I, I love it. I'm, I'm okay with it, but I certainly, you know, I don't have a loser mentality where I'm going to be like, Oh, you know, it's okay. No matter what, I'll be sad. And I really want the win, but, we just we're gonna have to play flawless football, and we just pretty much eked out, you know, enough of a flawless game. So having two in a row is gonna be crazy. Well, I mean, at this point, you know, we got in the playoffs, and everybody just thought we were gonna roll over and die. We're playing with house money, so this is all just like I, I think I said it a couple episodes. We're building veterans right now, and this is all like experience, and you know, these guys are gonna know what it takes to win. But I mean. If you go back and you really look, I mean, the the Raiders beat the Chiefs. They're the only team they they ran the ball heavy on them, and they almost beat them again. You go back, look at these Chiefs scores, man. I, I they didn't really get away from too many teams this year. A couple games here and there, but you know, a lot of teams. You know, the Panthers lost to them by two. 
Uh, the Raiders lost four. The Buccaneers lost by three. The Broncos were a touchdown. The Dolphins were six points. The Saints were three. The Falcons were three. So, I mean, they're not necessarily just coming in and blowing everybody out. So, yeah, know, we come out and get a turnover and, uh, you know, control the clock. This definitely could be our game. I'm hoping that Denzel Ward isn't going to have those lasting effects like we've seen with Miles Garrett because he's out there looking like a fucking St. Bernard that walked uphill the entire game. He's just got his mouth out and just, <laughs> yeah. But if, he kind of looked like that at times before COVID too. Yeah. And that Cowboys game, he definitely was, was, you know, and yeah, they were on the field a lot, but like he was struggling. Yeah. I just, I, I hope Denzel Ward is ready to run because, uh, Tyreek Hill's what the fastest man in football. So, and we can't be having Robert Jackson oh, nearly well, as much as he has been. I think he's hurt, man. He's not practicing. I don't even know if he'll be. He's day to day, from what I understand. Uh, he's day to day. Njoku's day to day, and then Conklin would be. We'd really. It'd be nice to have him. Ooh. Yeah, I know they're missing Mitchell Swartz right now, and I think Sammy Watkins is day to day. Uh, but they're pretty healthy. They had a bunch of guys come off the injured list uh, yesterday or today. So that's what's like. You could have a huge Sammy Watkins game. You could have a huge D- Denard Robinson game. You could have a huge Miko Hardman game. They've got those three other guys. Like you're, you're typically going to have a damn good game out of Tyreek Hill. And like, you know, Kelsey had an insane historical year for a tight end. Um, other than that, like they're, they're a lot of times going to have a, a guy, you know, a, a guy blow up from one of those three other options. But also, they have Le'Veon Bell, who's not what he was, but still not a joke. And um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is also expected to play, but but kind of day-to-day, too. Oh, man, it would be nice to double dip and beat up on Le'Veon a little bit, you know? Hell yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Brown Browns Chiefs, no one expects us to win. I think we're 10 point dogs in Vegas right now. Yeah. Um, throw your money down. Uh the Chiefs aren't running over everybody. As I just pointed out, uh the Falcons only lost by three. The sorry ass Raiders beat them once and only beat them by four. So it's obtainable. The the victory is obtainable. We just gotta, you know. Be damn minimi- near perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we well, gotta be damn near perfect. You know, it minimize turnovers, and that's one thing that we don't do is we don't turn over the ball. We win the turnover margin. If you want to look at any um metric or mate, why what's the correct term? Metric? Is yeah. that metric? Yeah, yeah. A metric uh outside of the score to dictate who's gonna win a football game, turnovers is it. Uh, if you look at the turnover battle, typically the team who wins the turnover battle wins the football game more times than not. Yards, anything else, completions, rushing yards, none of that stuff really matters uh, if you start breaking down stats that way. It's all about the turnover battle, uh, and that's, I think, been the key to our success, especially the second half of the season once Baker tightened up. So we got to um, capitalize. We have to, and we did that great versus the Steelers, getting points off the turnovers, but also we, we versus the Chiefs, we can't settle for three. No, you got to plug it out to get in the end zone. If you get to that red zone, you have to get in the end zone. You, you, you can't settle for three or they're going to fucking murder us. Uh, and he's had some serious comebacks in different games like that. I remember the Chargers game earlier this year. Like Patrick Mahomes is the, is the real deal. There's no questioning whether or not he actually is what people think he is. So we just go, we got to, 
I, I say it every week, control the clock, but uh, you know, this game is going to be even more important than usual. Got to knock it out. Yeah. I mean, I know I, some people will say maybe Aaron Rodgers, but Patrick Mahomes hands down is the best quarterback and probably best player overall. If you're starting a franchise to pull the player, it's Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think really too many people would even debate that point. So especially with age, it's not even close Yeah, with age. No, but like this year, I don't think he'll win MVP, but he might. Uh, but yeah, anywho. So Browns, uh, I was one for two this week. Uh, the Buckeyes. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Alabama's fucking good, man. Uh, we did that top five teams, and now they're, their quarterback came out and said they're the best team of all time. I don't know. But if we would have did that list, maybe they would have cracked in there somewhere. Offensively, this is the best Alabama team in the past 20, 30 years. Um, I just think. Devonta Ad- Devonta Smith, in my opinion, is probably as far electrifying wise. I'm not going to say since Reggie Bush that I've seen. I've watched probably three or four games, not all the way through, but I've caught clips of them uh, where I've watched a couple quarters here and there. And he's always just he he's a problem out there. So uh, he he dominated, and I didn't expect much. Our defense was kind of shitty. Um, Losing our running back hurt, but it wasn't going to be the difference of the game. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you, you're just not the better team, and you got to tip your cap, and that's that's all it was. I really wasn't overly upset at all. Uh, thank God the Browns beat the Steelers the night before. It probably would have yeah. been a little more upset. It made it easier to swallow the pill. But um, at the end of the day, you know, in September, I didn't think we were going to play football at all in the Big Ten. So for them to get there, uh, not have a Michigan game, super disappointing. But to wax Clemson, uh, I guess that was that was enough for me this year. And uh, you know, congrats to Alabama. I hope that they remember to pull out when they're fucking their sister. Uh, <laughs> I was I was pulling for Ohio State in this one. I, I wanted uh, I wanted my my Browns brethren to uh, to experience and sisters, I guess Brown Browns family to experience even more joy after how wonderful Sunday night was. Um, but you know, obviously no no skin off my back with them losing, um, Alabama's a well-oiled machine and they are like, there's no weaknesses. There's very rarely any weaknesses in an Alabama team. You just gotta hope you catch them on a fluke night. Like that's like the only way you, you beat Alabama throughout the past fucking decade. Like that is just a, a top notch program with Nick Saban, who apparently eats oatmeal cream pies every day for, for breakfast. (laughs) <laughs> really i didn't hear that yeah i saw that like that's his his daily breakfast is oatmeal cream pies ah interesting former browns coach nick saban part of that 95 team yeah yeah we'll have to do that'll probably be our next uh hey we can't do the podcast this week episode we probably knocked that 95 browns coaching tree episode out um yeah i'm i'm happy i i'm a little nervous i don't think he'll leave but nfl teams have been poking their head around ryan day uh, but that's nothing new for big time college coaches. So, yeah, um, we'll lose some guys to the draft. I'm sure Fields is gone. His draft stock dropped tremendously um, from the Clemson game to Alabama. He was projected top five. Now he's 15 to the Patriots. Is everything that I'm seeing? Which, whatever, he's going to get his chance to play in the pros. And he'll be a know, top ten pick. Somebody will trade up. They'll go sure. in the top ten for him. There's no way. 
Yeah, and then Devonta Smith has skyrocketed. He was in the teens, and then now he's he. They're saying, "Oh, should the Jets take him?" And it's like, "Whoa, absolute foolishness to put him in the teens." You can talk about size all you want, but if fucking Marquise Brown was a first round pick, and he was he was in the teens, then Devonta Smith should be a top ten pick easy. There's a lot of guys that were top ten picks that are worse than him. You you're not a Hollywood Brown fan, huh? Well, he went to the Ravens, but. In college, I mean, dude, he was, he was for that, and he was good in college, but he's not Devontae Smith. And if you're going to talk size, like that dude went into the draft at what five eight five nine, weighing in the one sixties. So I like you know he's the the benchmark for me the 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 guy you look at if you're going to talk size and, and then compare um, production as well as skill sets. Like okay, is is a small guy going to be better or worse than than Hollywood Brown? And if he's that much better, like I think Devontae Smith was, then yeah, he should be picked significantly higher and it shouldn't even be close. You take him as the Jets at two? I mean, do you, you get a playmaker like that? I mean, they had a lot of holes to fill <laughs> a lot of places. Do you you spend that draft capital on a receiver right there? Uh, I would I would very strongly consider it, especially because, I mean, like the number two guy in this draft is going to be that Penny Sowell out of Oregon. And if you just drafted Becton, like taking a a right tackle at two is kind of a stretch. Um, so I, I yeah, I I would have no problem taking Devontae Smith there. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, unless they want to take a quarterback somewhere that they're going to stick with uh, Darnold for another year, getting Adam Gase out of there probably. Yeah, you roll the dice. I mean, look, look what it did for Baker. You know, I mean, who do you want it? Who like what quarterback is really worthy of it at two? There's that kid from BYU, Wilson. There's Justin Fields. Um, who I guess yeah, you could make a case for Fields at two, just based on the weight that the quarterback position holds. Uh, and then you know, I would be fucking shocked if somebody else went the North Dakota State route at two. Yeah, I mean Justin Fields is super marketable too. He's got the look, and it'll be New York, and that's kind of what they want to do. They want to win games, obviously, but and that mobility is more and more important in uh, in today's NFL out of the quarterback position. Yeah, so we'll see. Who gives a shit about the draft this year? You know, we're not picking in the top ten. We're picking thirty second, bro. So who cares? Fuck the NFL draft. It's in Cleveland. I'm not even going. Oh fuck no. They already canceled the uh, the parade. I'm curious to see how it's going to be. The, the St. Patrick's Day parade is canceled for this year in Cleveland already. Yeah, I saw that. I just saw we'll that. We'll see what happens actually. with the draft. Well, I mean, these vaccines are rolling out. I wouldn't be surprised May May that you know everybody will be getting in line for them. Yeah, they're rolling out, but people don't fucking want them because everybody <laughs> thinks that Bill Gates is trying to control our minds. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? You got a fucking microchip in your hand that does surveillance on everybody and everything around you already. So, like, I don't know why put a vaccine in there. All these crazies that that stormed the Capitol, they were found immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking, A, they refused to wear masks. And B, you've been telling everybody what you're going to do and when where you're going to be for months now on social media. Goddamn morons. All the videos coming out of them getting stopped at the airports and shit, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so entertaining. I just, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that that all, all people decided, you know what? Fuck them. Let's pull out our phones and get this. Let's capture yeah. this. It's so good. So, yeah. Why, why do they need to, uh, 
fucking microchip you when you got an iPhone in your hand. So Absolutely. whatever. Um, we're about halfway there, Brian. It's a good, good episode so far. A lot, a lot of happy stuff. Uh, one thing that was been sad, uh, Frankie's gone. Uh, Carrasco's gone. Uh, they're mad. Yeah. I've been bracing myself for Frankie and I like got Frankie, but then you, now you're gonna throw cookie, cookie Carrasco in there without any sort of warning. God damn. Like that, that one really hurt. Cause he has been a, like the top clubhouse guy and then like the number two has been frankie so you're losing those two things and now we're going to whittle down our payroll to be less than what mike trout and several other major league baseball players make individually in a year our entire payroll is going to be less and they're crying poor again and going well the pandemic did this to us it did it to everybody you still have terry francona you still have this young rotation and jose ramirez all these young deals if they don't come out, you know, if they do come out and they spend and they bring that that payroll up to even, you know, 70, 80 million dollars, get a couple pieces through free agency or trades that you're going to actually pay. But if they play this year at at what, 32 million dollars, I think it I was think they were 20, 22 million and then 40 was uh, the next lowest team. Um, yeah, it's not even fucking close. It is an embarrassment and we can't be the only team struggling like this. And this is a, an organization worth over a billion dollars. They've made over a billion dollars or close to a billion dollars on the investment since they bought in 2003. It's really difficult to hear that. And I get that, you know, liquid cash poor versus, uh, you know, your, your investment and all your capital is different. Um, and, and you certainly don't want them necessarily borrowing against the team like Modell was having to do before they moved it. But like, this is all bullshit. You got to figure this shit out in a different way. And the trade and the the payoff that we got, like Carrasco was obviously tossed in there as a salary dump. Uh, what we got for, for Frankie wasn't what people thought, but that's changed. Like you look at the U Darvish trade. And the past couple of years, what one-year rentals have been have been getting on the open market, it's not what it used to be. So, you know, we, we got two young shortstops. And I saw a lot on Twitter about people saying like, oh, because these guys are included, they're clearly planning on extending Lindor, which, sure, New York's got that money. Um, but, you know, people think pretty highly of these two young shortstops. The We've been great at finding these diamond in the roughs, you know, the the Michael Brantley, the the, the Corey Kluber, the Clevengers, the guys that were kind of unheralded and thrown in in big trades. So I, I'm, I'm not going to judge on who we got back, but I am absolutely going to judge on what this team's payroll is looking forward and how the Dolans are not trying to win right now. And you don't need a full-blown rebuild when you have this young rotation hardly making anything. Uh, I'll just ask the question straight up. Uh, cause that was the, 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 the run, the name was changed. We're not going to name it for a year. Do you feel that this team is being prepped to move to a honky tonk down in good old Nashville, Tennessee? I mean, do you see that? I mean, the writing's kind of there. It's writing's on the wall. Uh, I, do you think they got the balls to do it? One, <laughs> I mean, that's just, uh, no, I, I personally don't. Um, I, I think that, that, you know, at the end of the day, they are. They do try and run it like a business. This is not a toy for billionaires. Like the actual Dolans that are in charge of this, um, 
like, yeah, there's all that family money coming out of New York, but like, you know, Paul Dolan is not that he's not a billionaire himself. Right. Um, so he, this is not a toy. This is like a company to make money and they've made that clear. And most of these other teams are like, you know, I'll spend whatever. And eventually when I sell the team, I'll, I'll recoup whatever. And then the company that they own it on the side is what really makes them the money. Um, I think that they are Clevelanders. Uh, I think that if anything, I would at least hope that they would try to sell it to somebody who would want to keep it in Cleveland. I can't imagine that they're looking to move it down, down South where, you know, there's a whole bunch of honky tonk fucking other shit to do. I can't, I, I just can't picture them really selling out the stadium like they'd, they'd figure. But again, this is not a good baseball town. So I could see how an owner would want to take the team away. Well, it's warmer. I mean, th- that's one. And I mean, like the Predators, the Nashville Predators, you never thought hockey would be there and be good, but they've been pretty good in attendance and th- they got a pretty good team down there. So I think, you know, their their thought is we can't get people to come into the stadium until May when it stops snowing. Um, you know, maybe if we're a little warmer, uh, it's us and the A's that have been rumored to go to uh, Nashville and maybe Cleveland swoops the A's if – you know, they move the tribe there. So that's kind of been the Oakland moving. I fully get why Oakland would move. Um, you know, their, their stadiums falling apart. We've done a fantastic job of keeping a, uh, was it not 26 year old stadium looking and feeling brand new. They've got just about everything they want. They cry so much. They're just not getting enough asses in the seats. And I'm sure it's a little embarrassing. And they're also, you know, the, the ticket money is only a part of the entire package. Like you need to, to figure shit out on your end. If you're not making enough money, owning a fucking professional sports team. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Change it up. New jerseys. I mean, a new name, a new brand, uh, you know, and try it again. Everybody's going to be buying new gear. Like it'd be stupid to not kind of keep that here. Cause I don't, I don't know. Do you think, do you think people are going to go nuts over the new, the spiders or the gladiators or the grays, as you suggested, do you think people are going to be lining up left and right to buy this shit? Or are we all just, we want to keep fucking chief Wahoo. I think a lot of people are going to be sticking to wanting Indians. And I have a lot of Indian stuff and I am not going to stop wearing it. Sure. I'm wearing an Indian's hat right now. It's got chief Wahoo on it. I would love it if they went to the tribe. I think that that would probably actually be best case, but some people would still be pissy about it. The name, the tribe, the Cleveland tribe. Uh-huh. I think it's a great name. I, I, you're not, you're not completely moving away. You're just, you know, you're taking away the the racist word Indians, and you're getting rid of red faced Chief Wahoo. Well, the fucking Braves had what's his name, uh, Chief Wackahomer or something like that. Like their <laughs> guy down there, they had one too. So they do like, you know, Native American type of chants. We never really did mm-hmm. any of that. People stopped doing the oh a long time ago. Um, you know, you still have that one asshole. It's the same guy every year. He's been pictured that like goes full blown red makeup with feathers and shit. I remember seeing him a couple years at the Thirsty Parrot. Like he's it's the one guy that does it. It's very rare that you see people actually wear feathers and war paint anymore. Yeah, I thought you were gonna refer to the guy that's pushing to the 
changed the name and stuff and he won and he was embezzling all the money that he was raising uh that yeah, guy should too the so. actual opposition is you know dedicated opposition we've covered it before it's not yeah. any overwhelming it's it's mostly just white people saying make the change on social media but like the actual protests and like the, the from the the native american side of things it is it's not any large movement but the change has been made and it's fucking deal with it it's no giant deal on our end uh, but also don't give me shit when i wear my cleveland indian stuff that i've purchased and have had and love and you know whatever doesn't yeah. bother doesn't bother me shouldn't bother you fuck off yeah i don't care if you change the last name just don't change the first of the team yeah, um so we're moving along i i wanted the mets i mean of all teams that uh, Frankie could have been traded to. I mean, I was pretty happy. Mickey Callaway's there. Uh, it's a big market team that's not the Yankees. It's not the Dodgers where they got, uh, what's his name, Machado. But uh, I was pretty happy. I mean, all in all, the Mets, uh, I can get behind that. You know what I mean? I feel like I can still, oh, shit, Frankie's that bad. I'm flipping through the TV. I can put it on. I can root for the guy. Callaway I'm not going to be, by the way. Did he? Yeah. Callaway, Callaway's gone. Callaway is the, uh, pitching coach for the Anaheim Angels or LA Angels. Really? Yes. When did that happen? Um He is let's see. Man, 2019 he left the uh the Mets. Oh shit. Well, I need to, you know, that's why this isn't a baseball town, I suppose. <laughs> Prove your he, point. He did play for the Hyundai Unicorns from 2005 to 2007. Damn. Did not know that. I just watched that, that that movie, uh, Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck. You ever seen that one? Oh, uh, years ago. I can't I can't reference anything from it, but I do remember Classic. seeing it. Yeah. I have to go back and visit that. That was something I watched maybe a month ago. <laughs> are you are you one of these big nostalgic 80 movies guys? Not big, no. And I don't have as much for the 80s as the 90s, but it was it, you know, if it was a movie I remember watching as a kid, sometimes I'll if, if I'm in the right mood, I'll flip something on. I watched that Cobra Kai, and I didn't really have any nostalgia for the Karate Kid. I didn't give a fuck about it. But Cobra Kai is a lot of fun. Dude, that's what I hear. Uh, you know, Brent Ernst, uh, he's in that. He was living out in yeah. Talmadge. Yeah, I remember that. I saw him around quite a bit. Yeah, he was he was recently there. I don't know if he moved again. I think he moved uh, since they started filming. But uh, he was at the Funny Stop. He was at Hilarities. Um, anyway, yeah, I've heard that. I could care less about Karate Kid, too, but... People love Cobra Kai. I, it's like one of the most popular shows on TV. I don't know. Oh, they absolutely lose their mind with it. Like the first season's real good, and then the second season, you're like, so wait, this entire town is just going to be karate fighting out in the open? Like everybody's karate <laughs> fighting each other in the streets now? This is where we're at? And then the season three is just more of it. Like, they, you know, but they, it's real tongue-in-cheek. Like they, they have a sense of humor about it. So... It's an enjoyable show. It's a great concept for a show. And uh, that Billy Zabka, he's easily the best part. He, he nails it. Is it funny? Is yeah. it serious? Funny. Okay, so it's a comedy. Is it comedy? comedy? Yeah, with, with a little bit of teen drama involved. Okay, so it's like you know kind of like... the best fucking new show that I've seen in forever is? Impractical Jokers? I, I'm obs- I love that show very, very much. <laughs> Um, that's, that's all as, I want. That's all I as wonderful and pure as television gets. Ted Lasso. 
Ted Lasso, what, what's that on? That's on Apple TV. Wow. It's Jason Sudeikis is a former like division two college football coach that's like going through a divorce and takes a job at uh, uh, in England as a, a coach for a Premier League soccer team. And he's just like the most positive, likable character. And the show is hysterical. Ted Lasso. I'll have to check it out. I have an app. Highly, TV. highly recommend. Good, good. I don't like I said, all I watch is impractical jokers and uh fuck around on my phone anymore. I haven't watched a real show since I rewatched the Sopranos recently, but that's it. So I got I, I tapped out halfway through. I just got I need to get back to it. I was really enjoying it and then I just got distracted. But like early in quarantine, I, I was doing the Sopranos. Lately, me and my fiance have been watching 90 Day Fiance, which is the funniest fucking shit. Oh my god. These people are such train wrecks, and they're it's so easy to root against all of them. So, I don't I don't like anybody. I'm just rooting for everybody's lives to go up in flames, and it's a lot of fun. What is it like? You get engaged, and then you're like, "We're gonna have our wedding in 90 days." I'm assuming. So no. Or is so it a competition? What is? Uh, what is because you said so you don't root people, for anybody. People that, um, that meet people from overseas, like they'll meet somebody on the internet or on vacation. And they want to be together in the United States. You get something called a K-1 visa. And what that is, is that person can't come to the United States. But if you don't marry that person within 90 days, they have to go back. Damn. So it's a whole bunch of like super rushed relationships and these people entering into things. And you don't know if the person from the other country is like just in it for the green card. You don't know. Sometimes they have crazy motives and the type of people that are doing these things are hilarious misfit types. And it is just as far as like rooting for them, like I want all these marriages to end in failure. And I'm, I think I'm entitled to that <laughs> I'm not a dick because you've decided to put it all on television and then sit there for three hours in the tell all after series where they just show video and dissect your marriage in front of America. It's fantastic. And if you go into it with a mean-spirited people watching make fun of people the whole time, you won't have a better time with, with your significant other than watching that goddamn show. Interesting. We'll have to check that out. I don't uh my wife watches uh RuPaul's Drag Race and she, I try to watch it with her but she just she's not having it with me. She's just I just <laughs> I'm constantly shitting on the the not all of them. I'm being facetious. I'm I'm being like the you know, oh you're an Ohio State fan. Well, I'm a Michigan fan to her. You know what I mean? It's uh-huh. so like she hates me watching that with her. So we don't do that anymore. So maybe maybe 90 Day Fiance can be our new show and she won't hate me watching that with her. There's a whole bunch of spinoffs. It's like the fucking Marvel Universe now. <laughs> there's 90 Days Before. There's Happily Ever After. There's 90 Day Fiance itself. It's it's so much content and like. You know, you'll see this one girl who went over. She was a Mormon who goes on vacation in like Samoa and gets knocked up by like this island savage. Like this, this kid does not know how to live in society. He wears like grass skirts and, you know, lives on a pig farm on an island. And then she brings him over to the United States. And he's like rough with the baby. He's a total mess that she can't take anywhere. It's so much fun to watch. 
Well, we'll have to get into that. You're you're fired up, dude. I haven't seen you this excited in a long time. You're fucking you're amped on some 90 day fiance. I'm amped on a Browns win, dude. I, yeah, I still am riding right that high. Yeah. Like I'm as full of energy. That's all I've been doing. Like even while I'm supposed to be doing my job, like I, the phone is ringing, but I'm I'm watching Brown stuff. I'm looking at more highlights from that game. I just it, it that that game is my favorite TV show I've ever watched. <laughs> nice. Um, I got nothing because I, I can't relate. The Browns, you mean the Browns game is your favorite TV show? Yes, the Browns game is my favorite TV show. <laughs> yes, yes, I hear you. I that did record game. it because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to get rid of my Hulu, so I'm going to lose it. But ah, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm sure it'll be played uh over and over again uh in Cleveland uh stations and whatnot. What am I talking about? I don't know. Uh, another big thing that happened today, right before we went on. A uh, bitch ass uh, James Harden got traded uh, to go play with bitch ass Kyrie Irving and bitch ass Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Uh, the Cavs jumped in on the trade uh, and took uh, Jarrett Allen off the hands. Uh, we traded a first round pick, uh, Dante Exum, and I think a second round pick. And um, we got two guys. We got a uh, what? Jarrett Allen. He's a 22 year old center. A uh, pretty good player and Tareen Prince, who's I think twenty six. They were both drafted. Uh, I think one was twelve, one was sixteen in their drafts. They're both young guys. Uh, the Cavs now have four centers on their team, and uh, so I imagine we'll be moving some of uh, the Drummonds and uh, probably Javale McGee here soon. Uh, but more importantly, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. What a shit show that's going to be. Dude, I mean, like, they are the worst people. They are going to be such fucking dicks. I hope to watch it go up in flames. Kyrie Irving is already, like, not being allowed around the team because he refused to wear mask places and, like, has been around people. Well, he took that leave of that. I needed some personal time, and he was at a club for his sister's birthday party. I mean, if I do that and I get caught, I get I get fired. Now, they're not going to fire Kyrie, but... Maybe, maybe that, uh, you know, they know something that we don't and they're just like, Hey, we need to lock up another dude. Cause Kyrie's not going to be around much longer, you know? Yeah. I mean, I hope LeBron takes him down again. I'll be rooting for him in that. I'll, you know, of course, always go Cavs. And I'm not too familiar with the players we got. I know the names, but isn't one another big, or are we just trying to be the largest team, the largest, slowest team in the NBA? Is that our goal? Well, I think I think the thought is is we would draft this guy with our first first pick. He's twenty two years old. Let's nab him now. We know what we're getting, and they'll probably ship Drummond out and uh, McGee out, and probably Love. I don't I don't ever see us getting rid of Larry Nance Jr. I think Larry Nance Jr. is happy being here and will play for yeah. whatever. He's one of those guys. He's giving you a hometown discount. Drummond's playing so well. I like. I'd love to keep him and try and build around him. Yeah, but like the eighth seed is basketball purgatory, or maybe they keep him and they just have two giant bigs. I don't, I don't know what the thought process is, but I would imagine that Drummond will get moved for some assets uh, before the trade deadline this year. Give me basketball purgatory over basketball hell. We're not making it to basketball heaven again unless a gigantic fluke comes, and even then, it'll still take time. Like even with the best basketball player of all time, we couldn't bring other people here. I hear you. We somehow need to have like that uh, to to nail like three lottery picks in a row. 
and, and get some sort of second rounder to contribute like the Warriors did. Like you have to somehow have this perfect storm that like only the Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder have been able to do. Everywhere else is is bringing in like a Jimmy Butler. Like we're not going to bring in a top-notch guy through anything. They're not going to want to c- come play here, let alone stay here. If we traded for a Kawhi guy, like he left Toronto after winning a championship, nobody's going to stay in Cleveland. So we, we would get a one-and-done kind of thing. I Give me eight-seed purgatory for forever with an occasional upset in the first round, and I will be a happy basketball fan. I, I mean, I hear you. I understand that, but that's not the mind frame. You know, if uh, if your GM is playing for the eight seed, seven seed, six seed, he's going to be out of a job. I mean, ultimately, everybody's going to want, you know, Dan Gilbert wants to win a championship again. I mean, that's that's what they have to try to play for. So, I mean, he's I understand it, but, that guy. What? <laughs> yeah. He's oh, yeah. Well, that guy. We, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, Dan, Dan Gilbert sucks. Um we could have had a title here plenty of times, but Dan Gilbert got in his own goddamn way, and he's just kind of a shitty person. He really doesn't care about Cleveland. Where's the casino at, Dan? Yeah, where's our building, bitch? Ugh, gross. But, yeah, so the Cavs, I mean, that, that's nice. They've seen an opportunity, and they put together a mega team, and now we get to watch James Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant try to figure out who gets to shoot the basketball. Uh Bet your ass that Kyrie's going to be disgruntled because he's going to get six shots a game, maybe seven. Uh, For real, like I've, he's I've been no wondering how this is going to work. Yeah, uh, Harden shoots nonstop, and he got fat too, dude. He looks like a podcaster now. So <laughs> he does. He's just he doesn't give a shit. He's just been eating with, drinking and clubbing with the uh, baby uh, rapper and buying him expensive gifts. It's a weird relationship. How have we come to a point in in our lives and in society where rappers named there, there's two different rappers. One is Da Baby, and another one is Lil Baby, and they are successful rappers. How are we at a point in society where Da Baby and Lil Baby get to be successful rappers? Lil Baby is what I call my wife. I mean, it's like this guy. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to take you credit, your credit, your street cred, Lil Baby. I mean, yeah, like maybe maybe. In certain situations, these uh, these Trumpers have a point about us being soft as a nation. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the softest shit. There used to be a point where Fat Joe would say, "We don't dance; we just do the the rock away, lean back." And now everybody's just doing TikTok dances and being called little baby. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know any of their songs. I know, I know. The baby has one song where he said he's going to fuck his babysitter, which. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool, but uh, you know I'm not gonna ever download or buy any of his albums. So, <laughs> no, I don't know, Brian. I I got nothing else. We we kind of got away from Same. the top five uh, thing. We'll get back into that. It's just the Browns were gearing up, and it was top just, uh, five baby rappers. Top five baby rappers. Uh, <laughs> Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll come up. Uh, send us your top baby rapper names. Uh, Ten cent beer life at gmail.com. Also, shout out to Jenkin Insurance helping us with uh, some of the payments and the Cleveland Comedy Network trying to get that thing up and running. Hopefully, we'll be adding a couple uh, more podcasts to that. Um, lastly, we're doing uh, the Rubber City Festival. We postponed it from COVID. We're going to run it in May, May 5th through 8th uh, in and around Akron. 
Uh, we picked that date. So if we need to be outside, we can be outside. Uh, we may do some stuff inside as well. Uh, but more details to come from that. You can check me out. Brian, you have nothing to plug, I'm assuming, still? No, I still don't do anything. I just sit no. here and sell some dumpsters and fuck around. Yeah, video games. It's been good. It's kind of nice to almost like turn things off for a year. I mean, it, the, the pandemic has sucked, obviously, but I've done some stuff that I never would have taken time to do. So uh, Most of that, uh, I've played so many video games. I have made my way through a bunch of video games. Nice. Did you ever get that uh, modded uh, old school, uh, what was it called, with all the games no, on it? I went with the Nintendo Switch instead. Not a bad choice. I heard those are fucking tits. It's awesome. Well, good. That's all we got for you guys. Uh, tune in next week when we discuss the Browns and they're in an AFC championship game. Go Browns. Go Browns.